Promise by Paul Lawrence Dunbar, read for LibriVox.org by Titus E. Garnett. I grew a rose within a garden fair, and tending it with more than loving care, I thought how, with the glory of its bloom, I should the darkness of my life illume, and watching ever smile to see the lusty bud drink freely in the summer sun to tinge its blood. My rose began to open, its hue was sweet to me as to its sun and dew. I watched it taking on its ruddy flame until the day of perfect blooming came. Then hasten, I with smiles to find it blushing red, too late! Some thoughtless child had plucked my rose and fled. End of poem. This recording is in the public domain. The Seedling by Paul Lawrence Dunbar Read for LibriVox.org by Titus E. Garnett As a quiet little seedling lay within his darksome bed, to itself it fell a-talking, and this is what it said. I am not so very robust, but I'll do the best I can, and the seedling from that moment its work of life began. So it pushed a little leaflet up into the light of day to examine the surroundings and show the rest the way. The leaflet liked the prospect, so it called his brother Stem. Then two other leaflets heard it, and quickly followed them. To be sure the haste and hurry made the seedling sweat and pant, but almost before it knew it, it found itself a plant. The sunshine poured upon it, and the clouds gave a shower, and the little plant kept growing till it found itself a flower. Little folks, be like the seedling. Always do the best you can. Every child must share life's labor just as well as every man. And the sun and showers will help you through the lonesome struggling hours till you raise to light and beauty virtue's fair unfading flowers. End of poem. This recording is in the public domain. Fulfillment by Paul Lawrence Dunbar Read for LibriVox.org by Titus E. Garnett I grew a rose once more to please mine eyes. All things to aid it, dew, sun, wind, fair skies, were kindly, and to shield it from despoil, I fenced it safely in with grateful toil. No other hand than mine shall pluck this flower, said I, and I was jealous of the bee that hovered nigh. It grew for days, I stood for hour after hour to watch the slow unfolding of the flower. And then I did not leave his side at all, lest some mischance my flower should befall. At last, oh joy, the central petals burst apart. It blossomed, but alas, a worm was at his heart. End of poem. This recording is in the public domain. California City Landscape by Carl Sandburg. Read for LibriVox.org by Laurieann Walden. On a mountainside, the real estate agents put up signs marking the city lots to be sold there. A man whose father and mother were Irish ran a goat farm halfway down the mountain. 
He drove a covered wagon years ago, understood how to handle a rifle, shot grouse, buffalo, Indians in a single year, and now was raising goats around a shanty. Down at the foot of the mountain, two Japanese families had flower farms. A man and woman were in rows of sweet peas, picking the pink and white flowers, to put in baskets and take to the Los Angeles market. They were clean as what they handled, there in the morning sun, the big people, and the baby faces. Across the road, high on another mountain, stood a house saying, I am it, a commanding house. There was the home of a motion-picture director, famous for lavish whorehouse interiors, clothes ransacked from the latest designs for women in the combats of male against female. The mountain, the scenery, the layout of the landscape, and the peace of the morning sun as it happened. The miles of houses pocketed in the valley beyond. It was all worth looking at, worth wondering about. How long it might last, how young it might be. End of poem. This recording is in the public domain. A Christmas Legend by Carolyn Atwater Mason Read for LibriVox.org by Larry Wilson Herman, the charcoal burner, went home through the forest one night. The snow was falling about him like a great veil, soft and white. T'was the eve of the blessed Christmas, and his heart was glad and light. For he said, The wife and the children are waiting me, I know, and the lamps were lit on the fir tree full half an hour ago. I can almost see them gleaming through the white mist of the snow. But suddenly a faint wailing fell upon Herman's ear. Was it the wind in the branches? Was it a causeless fear born of the night and the darkness? The old man paused to hear. It was not a causeless terror. It was not the branches bare, tossing their arms in the windy, desolate winter air. T'was the voice of a wailing baby, innocent, sweet, and fair. Scantily clothed and shivering, sobbing alone in the snow, why have they left thee, sweet one? The man murmured low. See, I will take thee homeward. Little one, wilt thou go? So he pressed the weeping child close to his own gaunt form, and sheltered it in his bosom away from the smiting storm, till he reached his home by the forest, where the Christmas light gleamed warm. And the good wife gave heart welcome, while higher still she piled the board that with Christmas gladness and Christmas plenty smiled, and the children gathered around him to gaze at the little child, the little desolate wanderer brought from the forest gloom. They showed him the pretty fir tree blazing with light and bloom. At the board with its smiling plenty they gave the stranger room. Gazing and gazing upon him, the child so wondrous fair, with his clear blue eyes so shining, his clustering golden hair, till gazing a sudden glory illumined all the air. For over the curls so golden a halo grew and grew, the soft eyes beamed new luster, two white wings blossomed through the tips of the lovely shoulders, then gliding from their view. Spreading white hands of blessing, the beautiful vision fled. And Herman knew of a surety, even as Christ has said, Who helpeth the poor and needy, helpeth the Lord instead.
and he cried tis the holy christ child and clasped in glad embrace his wondering wife and children then fell upon his face and thanked the lord for his goodness his marvellous rich grace and when in the early dawning of the blessed christmas day good herman went to the forest lo where the christ child lay twas as if the snow had blossomed for under the twilight gray a cluster of fair white flowers blossomed in tender green lit up the place with a shimmering dainty delicate sheen and herman knelt and plucked them then with a reverent mien home to his wife and children the sacred flowers he bore chrysanthemums he named them and cherished them evermore with pious care and always when christmas comes with store of cheer and plenty the children take of their fruit and bread and give to some little outcast because of him who said who giveth to these little ones giveth to me instead end of poem this recording is in the public domain Easter Angels by Phillips Brooks, read for LibriVox.org by David Wales. God hath sent his angels to the earth again, bringing joyful tidings to the sons of men. They who first at Christmas thronged the heavenly way, now beside the tomb door sit on Easter day. Angels sing his triumph as you sang his birth. Christ the Lord is risen. Peace, good will on earth in the dreadful desert where the lord was tried there the faithful angels gathered at his side and when in the garden grief and pain and care bowed him down with anguish they were with him there yet the christ they honour is the same christ still who in light and darkness did his father's will and the tomb deserted shineth like the sky since he passed out from it into victory god has still his angels helping at his word all his faithful children like their faithful lord soothing them in sorrow arming them in strife opening wide the tomb doors leading into life father send thine angels unto us we pray Leave us not to wander all along our way. Let them guard and guide us wheresoe'er we be, Till our resurrection brings us home to thee. End of poem. This recording is in the public domain. An Easter Carol by Phillips Brooks Read for LibriVox.org by David Wales tomb thou shalt not hold him longer death is strong but life is stronger stronger than the dark the light stronger than the wrong the right faith and hope triumphant say christ will rise on easter day while the patient earth lies waking till the morning shall be breaking shuddering neath the burden dread of her master cold and dead hark she hears the angels say christ will rise on easter day and when sunrise smites the mountains pouring light from heavenly fountains then the earth blooms out to greet once again the blessed feet 
and her countless voices say christ has risen on easter day up and down our lives obedient walk dear christ with footsteps radiant till those garden lives shall be fair with duties done for thee and our thankful spirits say christ arose on easter day end of poem this recording is in the public domain The Easter Flower by Phillips Brooks, read for LibriVox.org by David Wales. O garden by the city gate, where seeds of flowers are sown, what seed is this they bring in state with grief and sob and moan? They hide it in the silent ground and sadly turn away. The dark earth closes it around beneath the closing day and there its patient rest it takes with folded life and power till when the third bright morning breaks behold it bursts to flower and ever since the new-made sun turned eden's slopes to green of all earth's gardens not in one so fair a flower was seen it glows with faith and charity with love for man and god in it a hope which cannot die springs from the bursting clod a rose whose heart is mystic love whose fragrance fills the earth while happy heaven which bends above sings at the blessed birth o risen christ o easter flower how dear thy grace has grown from east to west with loving power make all the world thine own and make our hearts thy gardens bloom in them dear lord and be their life of life till life gives room to immortality end of poem this recording is in the public domain they all want to play hamlet by carl sandberg read for librivox.org by Ann walden they all want to play Hamlet. They have not exactly seen their fathers killed, nor their mothers in a frame-up to kill, nor an Ophelia dying with a dust gagging the heart. Not exactly the spinning circles of singing golden spiders, not exactly this have they got at, nor the meaning of flowers, oh, flowers, flowers slung by a dancing girl, in the saddest play the inkfish Shakespeare ever wrote. Yet they all want to play Hamlet, because it is sad, like all actors are sad. And to stand by an open grave with a joker's skull in the hand, and then to say over slow, and say over slow, wise, keen, beautiful words, masking a heart that's breaking, breaking. This is something that calls and calls to their blood. They are acting when they talk about it, and they know it is acting to be particular about it, and yet, they all want to play Hamlet. End of poem. This recording is in the public domain. The Mountain Whippoorwill by Stephen Vincent Benet Read for LibriVox.org by Leonard Wilson of Springfield, Ohio Up in the mountains it's lonesome all the time. Soft winds slewin' through the sweet potato vine. 
Up in the mountains it's lonesome for a child. Whippoorwills a callin' when the sap runs wild. Up in the mountains, mountains in the fog, everything's as lazy as an old hound dog. Born in the mountains, never raised a pet, don't want nothin', <laughs> never got it yet. Born in the mountains, lonesome born, raised runnin' ragged through the cockleburs and corn. Never knew my pappy, maybe never should, think he was a fiddle made of mountain laurel wood. Never had a mammy to teach me pretty please, think she was a whippoorwill a-skittin' through the trees. Never had a brother nor a whole pair of pants, but when I start to fiddle, why, you got to start to dance. Listen to my fiddle, kingdom come, kingdom come, hear the frogs a-chunkin' jug-a-rum, jug-a-rum, hear that mountain whippoorwill be lonesome in the air, and I'll tell you how I traveled to the Essex County Fair. Essex County has a mighty pretty fair. All the smarty fiddlers from the south come there. Elbows flyin' as they rosin up the bow for the first prize contest in the Georgia Fiddler's Show. Old Dan Wheeling, with his whiskers in his ears, kingpin fiddler for nearly twenty years, Big Tom Sargent with his blue wall eye, and little Jimmy Weezer that can make a fiddle cry, all sittin' round, spittin' high and struttin' proud, Listen, little whippoorwill, you better bug your eyes. Tuna, tuna, tunin, while the judges told the crowd, Them that got the mostest claps should win the bestest prize. Everybody waitin' for the first tweedledee, When in comes a stumblin', hillbilly me. Bowed right pretty to the judges and the rest, Took a silver dollar from a hole inside my vest, Plunked it on the table and said, There's my callin' card, And any one that licks me, Well, he's got a fiddle hard. Old Dan Wheeler, he was laughin' fit to holler. Little Jimmy Weezer said, There's one dead dollar. Big Tom Sergeant had a yeller, toothy grin. But I tucked my little whippoorwill spang underneath my chin, And petted it and tuned it till the judges said, Begin. Big Tom Sargent was the first in line. He could fiddle all the bugs off a sweet potato vine. He could fiddle down a possum from a mile-high tree. He could fiddle up a whale from the bottom of the sea. You could hear hands spankin' till they spanked each other raw when he finished variations on Turkey and the Straw. Little Jimmy Weezer was the next to play. He could fiddle all night, he could fiddle all day. He could fiddle chills, he could fiddle fever. He could make a fiddle rustle like a lowland river. He could make a fiddle croon like a loving woman. And they clapped like thunder when he'd finished strumming. Then came the ruck of the bobtailed fiddlers, the let's-go-easies, the fair-to-middlers, they got their claps, and they lost their bicker, and they all settled back for some more corn liquor. And the crowd was tired of their no-count squealing, when out in the center steps old Dan Wheeling. He fiddled high, and he fiddled low, 
Listen, little whippoorwill, you got to spread your wings. He fiddled and fiddled with a cherry wood bow. Oh, Dan Wheeling's got bee honey in his strings. He fiddled a wind by the lonesome moon. He fiddled a most almighty tune. He started fiddling like a ghost. He ended fiddling like a host. He fiddled north and he fiddled south. He fiddled the heart right out of your mouth. He fiddled here and he fiddled there. He fiddled salvation everywhere. When he was finished, the crowd cut loose. Whippoorwill, they's rain on your breast. And I sat there wondering, what's the use? Whippoorwill, fly home to your nest. But I stood up pert, and I took my bow, and my fiddle went to my shoulder so. And they wasn't no crowd to get me phased, but I was alone where I was raised. Up in the mountains, so still it makes you scared, where God lies sleeping in his big white beard. And I heard the sound of the squirrel in the pine, and I heard the earth a-breathing through the long night-time. They've fiddled the rose, and they've fiddled the thorn, but they haven't fiddled the mountain corn. They've fiddled sinful and fiddled mortal, but they haven't fiddled the brushwood laurel. They've fiddled loud, and they've fiddled still, but they haven't fiddled the whippoorwill. I started off with a dump-diddle-dump. Oh, hell's broke loose in Georgia. Skunk cabbage growing by the bee-gum stump. Whippoorwill, you're singing now. My mother was a whippoorwill pert. My father, he was lazy. But I'm hell broke loose in a new store shirt to fiddle old Georgia crazy. Swing your partners up and down the middle. Sashay now, oh, listen to that fiddle. Flapjack's flippin' on a red-hot griddle, and hell's broke loose, hell's broke loose. Fire on the mountain, snakes in the grass. Satan's here a-bilin', oh, lordy, let him pass. Go down, Moses, set my people free. Pop goes the weasel through the old Red Sea. Jonah's sittin' on a hickory bough. Up jumps a whale, and where's your prophet now? Rabbit in the peat-patch, possum in the pot. Try and stop my fiddle, now my fiddle's getting hot. Whippoorwill singin' through the mountain hush. Whippoorwill shoutin' from the burnin' bush. Whippoorwill cryin' in the stable door. Sing tonight as you never sang before. Hell's broke loose like a stompin' mountain shoat. Sing till you bust the gold in your throat. Hell's broke loose for forty miles around. Brown to stop your music if you don't sing it down. Sing on the mountains, little whippoorwill. Sing to the valleys and slap em with a hill. For I'm struttin' high as an eagle's quill. And hell's broke loose, hell's broke loose, hell's broke loose in Georgia. They wasn't a sound when I stopped bowing. Whippoorwill, you can sing no more. But somewhere or other the dawn was growing. Oh, mountain whippoorwill. And I thought, I fiddled all night and lost. You're a good hillbilly. But you've been bossed. So I went to congratulate old man Dan. But he put his fiddle into my hand. And then the noise of the crowd began. End of poem. This recording is in the public domain.
Music I Heard by Conrad Aiken Read for LibriVox.org by Leonard Wilson of Springfield, Ohio Music I heard with you was more than music, And bread I broke with you was more than bread. Now that I am without you, all is desolate. All that was once so beautiful is dead. Your hands once touched this table and this silver, And I have seen your fingers hold this glass. These things do not remember you, beloved, And yet your touch upon them will not pass. For it was in my heart you moved among them, And blessed them with your hands and with your eyes, And in my heart they will remember always. They knew you once, O oh, beautiful and wise. End of poem. This recording is in the public domain. Not to Keep by Robert Frost. Read for LibriVox.org by Winston Tharp. They sent him back to her. The letter came saying, and she could have him. And before she could be sure there was no hidden ill under the formal writing, he was in her sight, living. They gave him back to her alive. How else? They are not known to send the dead. And not disfigured visibly, his face, his hands. She had to look, to ask, what was it, dear? And she had given all, and still she had all. They had, they, the lucky. Wasn't she glad now? Everything seemed one, and all the rest for them, permissible ease. She had to ask, what was it, dear? Enough, yet not enough. A bullet through and through, high in the breast, Nothing but what good care and medicine and rest and you a week can cure me of to go again. The same grim giving to do over for them both. She dared no more than ask him with her eyes how was it with him for a second trial, and with his eyes he asked her not to ask. They had given him back to her, but not to keep. End of poem. This recording is in the public domain. On My First Son by Ben Johnson Read for LibriVox.org by Winston Tharp Farewell, thou child of my right hand, and joy, my sin was too much hope of thee, loved boy. Seven years thou wert lent to me, And I thee pay, exacted by thy fate, On the just day. Oh, could I lose all father now? For why? Will man lament the state he should envy? To have soon scaped worlds and flesh's rage, And if no other misery, yet age. Rest in soft peace, and asked 
Say here to fly Ben Jonson, his best piece of poetry. For whose sake henceforth all his vows be such, As what he loves may never like too much. End of poem. This recording is in the public domain. The Outcast by Carolyn Atwater Mason Read for LibriVox.org by Larry Wilson There came a poor soul to my door. I knew her vile as well as poor, But there was something in her air, Disarmed and won me unaware. A wailing soul looked out from eyes Born blind to all sweet sanctities. As if life's husks even to her too meagre, poor, and bitter were. As if despite her wretchedness and wrongs she asked not for redress, So much as pity, guidance, light, a chance to grope her way aright. If haply even for her might shine some glimmering of a light divine, Some faint, heaven-lighted, faltering ray, slow leading to a brighter day. I saw the hunger in her face, and loathing in my soul gave place to instant yearning love, akin to his who said, You without sin, if such there be, the first stone cast. And all my weakness overpassed, obedient to the heavenly word, my oil and wine I freely poured. I housed her, fed her, clothed her, brought garments that my own hands had wrought, Till neath my ministry she grew, transfigured to my pitying view. In her poor form I but descried a little one for whom Christ died, And mercy infinite stole in, with her white hand, and hid the sin. Or rather held it to my view, and bade me look as angels do, Join o'er one who finds the way, more than o'er crowds who never stray. So mingling with her tears my own, we knelt before one common throne, and God be merciful to me, a sinner, was her only plea. Thus clinging to his garments him who came to pity, not condemn, he bade her sobs convulsive cease, and whispered, Daughter, go in peace. O sweet and gracious sacrament of love, I blessed her as she went, and felt new life within me stir because of that new given to her. End of poem. This recording is in the public domain. The Road Not Taken by Robert Frost Read for LibriVox.org by Winston Tharp Two roads diverged in a yellow wood, and sorry I could not travel both and be one traveler, long I stood and looked down one as far as I could to where it bent in the undergrowth, then took the other. It was just as fair, and, and having perhaps the better claim, for because it was grassy and wanted wear, though as for that the passing there had worn them really about the same. And both that morning equally lay, and leaves no step had trodden black. Oh, I kept the first for another day, yet knowing how way leads on to way, I doubted if I should ever come back. I shall be telling this with a sigh, 
somewhere ages and ages hence, two roads diverged in a wood, and I, I took the one less traveled by, and that has made all the difference. End of poem. This recording is in the public domain. To Marguerite by Matthew Arnold Read for LibriVox.org by Casper Nyssen We were apart, yet day by day I bade my heart more constant be. I bade it keep the world away and grow a home for only thee. Nor feared, but thy love likewise grew, like mine, each day more tried, more true. The fault was grave, I might have known what far too soon, alas, I learned. The heart can bind itself alone, and faith is often unreturned. Self-swayed our feelings ebb and swell, thou loves no more. Farewell, farewell. Farewell, and thou, thou lonely heart, which never yet without remorse, even for a moment, didst depart from thy remote and spheric cause, to haunt the place where passions reign, back to thy solitude again. Back with the conscious thrill of shame which Luna felt that summer night flashed through a pure immortal frame when she forsook the starry heights to hang over Endymion's sleep upon the pine-grown Latmian steep. Yet she, chaste queen, had never proved how vain a thing is mortal love, wandering in heaven far removed. But thou as long had place to prove this truth, to prove and make thine own. Thou hast been, shalt be, art alone. Or if not quite alone, yet they which touch thee are unmating things, ocean and clouds, and night and day, lorn autumns and triumphant springs, and life, and others' joy and pain, and love, if love, of happier men, of happier men, for they at least, have dreamed to human hearts might blend in one, and were through faith released from isolation without end prolonged, nor in you, although not less alone than thou, their loneliness. End of poem. This recording is in the public domain. Under a Picture of the Magdalene by Carolyn Atwater Mason Read for LibriVox.org by Larry Wilson Be merciful. How dost thou know, but thou thyself mightest fall as low? But for some happy trick of chance, or helpful freak of circumstance, Some lucky accident of race, or birth, or blood, or dwelling-place. Be merciful. God's even scales decide where human judgment fails. Who seem most lost some day may lie nearer God's heart than you or I. We cannot tell. We do not know. Be merciful. The Christ was so. End of poem. This recording is in the public domain. The Unknown Beloved by John Hall Wheelock Read for LibriVox.org by Leonard Wilson of Springfield, Ohio I dreamed I passed a doorway where, 
for a sign of death, white ribbons one was binding about a flowery wreath. What drew me so I know not, but drawing near I said, Kind sir, and can you tell me who is it here lies dead? Said he, Your most beloved died here this very day, that had known twenty Aprils, had she but lived till May. Astonished, I made answer, Good sir, how say you so? Here have I no beloved, this house I do not know. Quoth he, Who from the world's end was destined unto thee, Here lies thy true beloved, Whom thou shalt never see. I dreamed I passed a doorway where, for a sign of death, White ribbons one was binding about a flowery wreath. End of poem. This recording is in the public domain. Windflower Leaf by Carl Sandburg. Read for LibriVox.org by Laurie Ann Walden. This flower is repeated out of old winds, out of old times. The wind repeats these, it must have these, over and over again. O oh, windflowers so fresh, O oh, beautiful leaves, here now again. The domes over fall to pieces, the stones under fall to pieces. Rain and ice wreck the works. The wind keeps. The windflowers keep, the leaves last. The wind, young and strong, lets these last longer than stones. End of poem. This recording is in the public domain.